and welcome to this week's episode from A Lancashire Lass. On this week's episode, I chatted with Adam Christopher. This is an absolutely hilarious, but also really insightful podcast. So stay tuned and I hope you enjoy. Concentrating now. Should I put my glasses on? Be serious. Yeah. It's all about it's all about dressing up, isn't it? This is gonna be Oh, we're matching now, matching glasses. Cool. That's it. Spectators. Joining me today is Adam Christopher, founder and principal of the Adam Christopher School of Musical Excellence. How are you today, Adam? I'm very good, Lucy. How are you? I'm I'm great. I'm great. <laughs> so Adam and his wonderful family are really good family friends with Oz. So I thought it'd be great to have him on the podcast and chat about his business. So why don't you tell me a bit about your music school, how you set it up, why you set it up, things like that. Okay, my music school is based in um, Bursco in Lancashire, where you're from. Yeah. <laughs> it's on a newish development, as in the development's 10 years old, it's called Bursco Wharf. It's right in the centre of Bursco, uh, based on the very picturesque canal. Uh, there's wintry ducks popping in all day at the moment, popping in off the ice into the canal. Uh, that's where we are. Uh, we teach private music, uh, instrumental tuition and singing. Uh, oh, and GCSE. Yeah. Oh, nice. So 2011 you set it up. So what were you doing before then? So before then I worked for a massively successful company um, called Carillion. <laughs> all right, doing what? That's a bit sarcastic. Uh, worked in HR and recruitment. Nice. And uh, those were some of the darkest days of my life. And it wasn't what I set out to do my whole life, but obviously I got married young. I had to make money. Um, yeah, so, so you met the lovely Amy. And how old were you when you got married? Oh, don't. I was 22, so I was pretty young for uh, my age. to be. <laughs> yeah, so speed up, Lucy. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> um. So what did you do at uni? Uh, uni is music, of course. The music is the only thing I've ever been good at, really. Yeah. Um, but even that, I have not didn't really... I did take things seriously, that's not, not fair to say, but um, that I didn't. But, um, yeah, I, I wasn't really very serious about education or anything like that on the, on the most part, despite the best wishes of my family. Yeah, and so what were you... When you were little, what did you play, like, instrument-wise? Was it always the so, piano? Yeah, I started the piano at five. Um, I moved on to the flute because, um, it, well, I moved on to the flute because I needed an orchestral instrument because if you play the piano and you're playing and you're classically trained, it's quite an isolated or insular learning mm-hmm. um, because there's only wherever one pianist in the orchestra and orchestras don't use the piano in every kind of concert and so on, so actually not a lot of opportunity, so I needed an orchestral instrument. Um, I can't, I think I chose flute, although I can't remember that. Um, and then uh, from playing the flute, I had to get uh, orthodontic work, which is braces on your teeth. Um, and the orthodontic work was extensive and meant that I had to give up flute or change to the violin. So violin is technically my second instrument, but I haven't touched it for years. I play other instruments. What else do you play? I play uh, a little bit of guitar, bass, a uh, bass guitar I play, yeah. Um, 
the good thing about the violin, that's the violin, is that uh, it was a very social instrument because there's lots of violins in the orchestra. Um, and I was in uh, youth orchestras growing up. And uh, the fantastic position of uh, playing in an orchestra is that you get to go away quite a lot on holiday. And I like holidays. Uh, so we went on quite a few orchestral tours. And I was probably one of only four um, lads in the orchestra. Uh, which was already a great position, yeah, uh, and and probably one of the only straight ones. So I enjoyed it a lot. It was great. Yeah, yeah. So then, when, like, why did you decide to set up a, a music school? Was there a gap in the market in Bursco? Uh, there was a gap in the market. I looked at a place called at the time Cedar Farm. Oh, it's still called Cedar Farm. I meant at the time I looked at a place called Cedar Farm uh, and that was where I wanted to go and then I heard about this exciting development and I thought you know what there would be perfect it's a pretty much unspoiled uh, and unsaturated market um, and I thought that would be good but it was more on the back of working in HR and construction that was kind of like uh, this isn't forever really this is quite serious it's quite um, it was kind of easy to see that there was a, a way out for me, so I took the plunge and did it. And how long did it take to build up? Because it's it's got a really really good reputation in Bursco and beyond. Um, and you sort of you go into schools and teach and things like that. So how long has it taken you to build up that amazing reputation? Okay, so this is nine years ago. It took uh, I took three months out to kind of like build the fabric of the school, so to speak, as it was. We started one very small room on the wharf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then our, at my own kind of private teaching of piano was full uh, by, I'd say, about nine months later. Uh, wow. So I was pretty much, went from nothing to full-time mm-hmm. piano teacher in nine months. Uh, although I taught privately um, in the past before having a proper job anyway. Um, so, but none of that business came with me. That's what it took. Uh, at that time, there was three teachers. There was a singing teacher and a guitar tutor. Uh, and now, uh, in the t- kind of like the years that it's come to, uh, I'd say, to quote one of my colleagues, we've probably got the best team we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that team is uh, four partners, which is myself, um, Paul, who's a guitar teacher, Ryan, who's a drum teacher, and Justine, who's a singing teacher. So they all teach and they're pretty much full-time and this is their main and probably only vocation. Uh, and then we also have associate teachers. Uh, we have Amelia, Victoria and Vicky and two more coming on. But I can't release their names on such a public network. Amazing. Very exciting. Um, well. Well. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in terms of the people you've got and where you've gone so you said you've got eight sort of full-time people and do you all find it very rewarding I'm presuming they're mainly children that you teach uh the teaching uh we have from four to 84 um in, in age so quite a lot of age but yeah most 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 musicians that are with us are children mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of primary school age and senior school age and then after kind of senior school people either carry on lessons for fun as adults or maybe they've gone to music college themselves uh, mm-hmm. which has been probably the most rewarding thing in my career doing this is sending people to some of the country's best conservatoires and 
or theatre schools if that's what they want or it's just yeah. that that hand on heart has been the best um the most rewarding thing definitely i mean i had lessons with ryan for a year before mm. covid hit and phil took my drum kit or oh, i gave it him he got it for his birthday and um regifting well yeah he will he had a drum kit and i had a drum kit and then he was like, oh, should I buy a new drum kit? I need a new drum kit. I was like, well, do you want mine? Because I don't really play it as much as maybe I should practice it. Um, very naughty of me. But Ryan, Ryan was such a good a good teacher, is a good teacher. Um, and then prior to that, when I was younger, I used to play the, the cornet. I wanted to play the trombone, but my, my, my arms weren't heavy and like strong enough. And mm. my mum wanted me to use a... Um, use an instrument to help my lungs. So, and I always wanted to play drums, but I was never allowed. And then it, I took the plunge to buy them myself. Wonderful instrument. The neighbors love Bra it. Brass is tough though, isn't it? I loved it. Like I'd lo I loved the cornet. I mean, I just didn't practice again. So I think like that was the issue. Practice is very important. I don't think that's unique, is it? I think um, most, I mean, even a bit, if parents say to me, Oh, I bet you practiced loads when you were little and your parents did it. No, they had to like absolutely whip me to practice. It was, uh, you know, yeah. it's just one of those things, isn't it? But, um, yeah, no one practices as much as they should do. No. Uh, but those that do exceed. Very nice. That's a nice oh, tip for anyone. Basically. Nice tip. Strap line. Strap line. <laughs> so, so the name of the score, the Adam Christopher... School of Musical Excellence. Well done. You got how it in you, one. How did you think of that name? How did I think of that name? I wanted something that was... Um, uh, I didn't want to use the word academy. Um, or I wanted my name in the title, uh, but now I don't really know why. I've thought so many times about taking my name out of the title. Um, and it wouldn't be you. No, it wouldn't. But I think definitely, like I said... The team that I've got at the moment is is the best team I've ever had, and um, we definitely um, have enjoyed the success together. But mm. you're on about the word excellence, aren't you, surely? Yeah, yeah, because like um, the Adam Christopher School of Musical Excellence, you think, yeah, that's a good school. They're good. Yeah, you d you can make your own assumption about how fantastic it is. I just think the Adam Christopher School of Musical Mediocrity didn't have quite the same ring to it. Um, <laughs> but it was basically on the emphasis that I thought a lot of people, particularly as I ventured into kind of like having teachers teach drums and guitar, which I think are more laid back instruments uh, than kind of voice and piano. Um, there's a tendency, or there always was in what I could see when people had lessons, to go and have a jam with the teacher. And that, yeah, there's a place for fun and everything like that, but we're very results driven. Whether we have outstanding exam results, um, you know, right across all instruments, particularly drums at the moment. Um, but it basically, uh, although there's that definite place for fun, um, people kind of like live and die and business breathes on its achievements and the achievements are, are you know not just exams but are, are excellent there has to be measurables doesn't there yeah with every business that's very true very true i need to jump in here and say that adam and i um let's say we went off topic 
for a couple of minutes and the best way to make it flow in this podcast was to add a little bit of music and carry on. (laughs) (laughs) No. I cut this bit because I was thinking I could do with a brew. Do you want to, what have you had for tea today? I've not yet. Have you not? Did you, have a big, did you have a big dinner? We had pizza for dinner. And Shut up. Lunch. That's not a Sunday dinner, is it? And then... Got to pot in your house. Well, yeah. And no, I'm having chicken drumsticks for tea because I, I, love, I love them. But then I didn't want to be eating and chatting to you, so... I'm That's okay, I could have lived with that. I had um, chicken. Yeah, I was going to... I ate a lot of meat over Christmas. Let's talk about how much meat we ate over Christmas. <laughs> What meat did you eat over Christmas, Adam? Lamb. And I had lamb last night as well. That's twice lamb. in a year. I used to have it once a year. But you I thought, lamb, you know what? Not oh. I, I do have turkey as well. Um, what, what is this about having one meat for Christmas? It's just chaos, that, isn't it? Hmm. Why would you limit yourself? I must have had about 20 pigs in blankets over two days. Mm, they are good, aren't they? I love them. I'm trying to lay off the pork, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm worried about my bum. <laughs> You're doing Veganuary? I'm definitely not doing Veganuary, no. There is the formal, (laughs) the the pre-Watershed answer has been (laughs) given. Fair enough. Um, Sorry, back to your podcast. I can see that you're in your studios. Do you want to describe to people what they're like? You've recently moved from one side of the wharf to the other, haven't you? Oh, That's right. Oh, yeah. So why don't you explain what it's like? They're very professional, in my opinion. Thank you, Lucy. Well, yes, you're right. That's the vibe we're going for. They're clean. They're kind of like large rooms. So usually you go to kind of these music rooms and you're kind of crammed in a tiny cupboard um, because obviously space is money and stuff like that. But it's a first-class service in a first-class environment. It's big. There's multiple windows in a few of the rooms. There's windows in all the rooms. It's just a nice place to be, and it's just a nice environment. We have top equipment, um, nice, you know, instruments, pianos, and I don't know. It even smells nice because one of my students bought me this uh, this nice candle for Christmas, which is monogrammed with an with an A. That's lovely. What does it smell like? It is nice. Uh, Well, it smells kind of like. Not over masculine, but definitely not feminine. But actually, like it smells like a hygiene product. <laughs> I think it smells like yeah, it smells like some kind of like lemon disinfectanty sandalwood smell. Nice. Yeah, it doesn't. I haven't painted a good picture, but it does smell nice. Um, so that's nice. So we've talked about my candle quite a bit. Um, no, the technology is great. Um, and kind of like this other thing that I think is unique. I'll just tell you the things that are unique or are better, is when, this is pre-COVID, nothing to do with the COVID, okay? But if you go to a violin a, a violin or a guitar lesson, imagine this, the teacher always has the guitar and the teacher is showing the student what to do and the student is responding by playing on their guitar. So it's constant demonstration all the way through. This is kind of what we're trying to emulate here at the school as well. Again, before COVID, because now there's, I would say most people will be using two pianos, but 
We use two, three pianos in the room so you can constantly not asking a student to move or get up or mm -hmm. you can show them exactly what you mean, which is faster than words. So it's kind of like it's there. We're doing that with drums. We're doing that with all instruments right across the board. So that, I think, is a little bit unique. Maybe interesting. Maybe it'll get cut later. Who knows? No, that's interesting. Any other unique selling points for your musical? I'm album? here. That is quite good. You are the legend. Um, what else is unique? I don't think anything else you. is unique. <laughs> Do you know what? I think people, I've, I've took us down this little path about what's unique, but I don't think, actually, I think people put too much importance on what's my USP, what's unique, when everybody's USP should be in this business, I think just doing one thing and doing it well. Yeah, that's what we do. When I first opened uh, like nine years ago, it, I was kind of like, oh, we're gonna do this. We're gonna record people. We're gonna get people in to sing songs for their nan and record it and give it as a gift. Uh, we're gonna do choirs, bands, um, musical jamboree, whatever that is. But really, the heart of the matter is just getting decent quality uh, musicians and, and just kind of like breeding them. And do you see like quite shy children, does their confidence improve through learning an instrument? Yeah, 100%. That's, uh, I would say, one of the biggest selling points of having music, particularly singing because they're kind of like thrown in at the deep end. But yeah. across all instruments, yeah, people learn for different reasons, don't they? But that's definitely a byproduct of learning instruments that you will, you'll have to be confident. And do you think if someone's not musical at all, do you think there's any such thing as that? Or do you think you could teach, or like anyone could learn to sing, or anyone could learn to play an instrument? Or do you think some people are just screwed? That's a good uh, question, Lucy, because it's very personal, you're welcome. It's very personal, um, as in, I may say something that my colleagues wouldn't say, because uh, mm -hmm. there is definitely a belief, I think, that uh, okay, what I'll say is, I think there is an instrument or a musical uh, vocation or opportunity for most of some kind. Mm. It probably won't be singing, yeah, for everybody. I think like it's much better for a singing teacher to have um, uh, somebody who's got a voice that they can develop into being something brilliant than teaching somebody who's tone deaf. <laughs> um, but those that are tone deaf and they are around, can learn other things, like you in the drums. <laughs> I was going to say, like Phil with the drums. <laughs> oh, yeah, like Phil with the drums. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely a learned thing, uh, and there's a lot of environmental uh, kind of to do with teaching and practice yeah. and things that make you good. But I think, ultimately, if you are talented, you're also, you've got that talent. And the flip side of this is that if there's a lot of people that come through the doors that initially are extremely talented but don't put in and achieve what they could achieve. So they'll always do well here, but it's always a shame when uh, people don't make the most of what they've got. Sorry, me again jumping in. Adam hadn't seen or spoken to my boyfriend Phil since February time before the COVID lockdowns so we decided to call him live on the podcast and see what he had to say this is what happened right I'll put him on speaker does that work over zoom not done that we'll find out hello hello you are hello, hello Mr Philip 
Hello, Mr. Adam Christopher. How are you? <laughs> How are you, mate? Are you are you tractoring? I'm not. No, I'm Netflixing. Uh, oh, what are you watching? Uh, Fastest Car. Have you ever seen it? What's no? Is it a documentary? Uh, sort of. It's about um, just these people that like fix up cars and mod them up into like dragsters where they beat they have to beat a um, a supercar. So like a modern day pimp my ride. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, but like on steroids. Joe, I'm enjoying Phil while you're talking. Sorry to interrupt. It's what I do. Uh, I'm enjoying. That um, I can see the screen with your name on it on Lucy's phone oh. uh, through the internet, and you've got like your full first and second name. How formal is that? Ah. Yeah, and you've got an emoji. What? What would you put? The emoji is like a glow. What would I put? Phil or my Phil or boyf <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. But it's Phil Parkinson. I'm surprised there isn't like a Mister on the front of it. Mr. Phil Parkinson. Can you put that on? Yeah. Yeah, I'll have that. <laughs> now, I've got to be serious. I've got to be healthy from tomorrow. All I've done is eat and drink all, like, for two weeks. It's been really bad. I had lamb twice this year. Lamb? Yeah. Well, last year. Oh. Well, lamb was in sheep. I've been sheep, yeah. Overrated. Overrated. Honestly, do you, do you not like lamb? Mm, take it or leave it. It's... Got See, what? You're Adam well said, into pork. <laughs> Adam said he's watching the amount of pork he eats because he's watching his bum. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's why. Maybe I just, just do that. Yeah, uh, pork, man. Flipping heck. Pork has a lot of... Pork, the byproducts of pork are much better than any other meat, aren't they? You know, you've got your bacon. You've oh, got your kind of post-processing. Post Lipstick. You've got... Crap. Yeah. Lipstick. Yeah, there's Crap. Like gelatin. Yeah. Who puts <laughs> lipstick on a pig? Um, <laughs> crackling. Crackling. You know. Yeah. It doesn't it that's scratchings. Yeah, we had a pork scratchings advent calendar. Um the big question, Adam, do you think you could teach Phil to sing? Because we're saying, you know, you can drum, but do you think you could sing? Well, let's see what you've got first, Phil. Let's hear a scale. <laughs> No, I, no. I don't think that will be featuring on the podcast, Adam. The, the, rate, the ratings for the podcast will drop dramatically if I sing on them. It's already X-rated. Anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a beer with you soon. Yes, no, me too. That'll be amazing. It's good. I hope everything works out for you, mate, and uh, work, work flourishes and... Uh, we're out of this mess soon, that'd be great. And uh, you keep on trucking. I will do. You keep on uh, teaching music. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. As long as we know exactly where we stand with our vocations. Tickling the ivories. Tickling the ivories. Right. <laughs> right. Anyway, lovely to speak to you. Yeah, you too, mate. Take care. Enjoy your fast car. Bye. Love you, bye. Love you. <laughs> That's great. Pre-COVID, you would do concerts at St. George's Hall. <laughs>
St. George's Hall. I'm laughing then because Adam <laughs> was doing something with his microphone and his head. Sorry. <laughs> Not just like funny. Yeah, so you normally do it at St. George's Hall in Liverpool. Uh, yeah, we've done uh, two uh, large-scale recitals at St. George's Hall. Uh, we've done the Cathedral, uh, which actually is the, that's the 2021 venue. Um, when I can get that sorted. I think we're going to take the plunge and take the risk. The Anglican and it for one. Late. The, uh, the Catholic one. The Catholic one's got the um, the crypt. crypt. Yeah, do you, you know. Do you know what? I did an exam there. We had to do exams. Yeah, they use, Liverpool Uni use the Great Hall in the crypt for the exams. There's yeah. the Great Hall and then there's the concert room in Lytton's crypt. And it's a really good venue. It's quite gothic. What did you think of it when you were there? Um, it was cold and yeah, it's cold. a bit dusty, but it was all right. We were yeah, why is it so dusty? I don't know why it's that dusty. I noticed that. Maybe it's just mm. big building. How did your exam go? Oh, it was years. Two years ago. I'm obviously past. Oh. Because, uh, got when people who are 22 go, oh, it was years ago. Oh. Back in they my... They always do that. Uh, back in my 20th <laughs> day, year. Teenager, yeah. Back when I was... Much older though, Adam. Just out of my... I know, I'm only 29, so yeah. one may wonder how we've done so much as I've just described in my 29 years. Yeah, I mean, the big 30 in 2021, that's amazing. It is good, I'm glad, I'm glad. Uh, hopefully we won't be in lockdown for my big 30th. No, no. Um, <laughs> so, COVID-wise, how's that been with your business? How, how have you been able to carry on? Did Zoom feature at all? Uh, initial mass panic and thinking I'm going to lose everything I've worked hard to build up for, not just financially, but in terms of just... I think I massively underestimated one uh, the work that we could put in, uh, or what you know how innovative we could be. But more importantly, I think I massively underestimated people. To be honest, I massively underestimated uh, not the kindness, but the uh, the loyalty and the resilience of uh, our clients has just been absolutely fantastic. Um, Zoom was always something that I was thought I would be massively against. But mm -hmm. when the time came, I was like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it properly with the Zoom. We all obviously had to set up, or the, the four main of us had to set up um, kind of like home Zoom studios and thought, we're not going to do this by half. We're going to do this with lights. We're going to do it with, you know, not just... Yeah. if I think if I'd have been trying to deliver piano lessons for the entirety of the lockdown with like an iPhone just pointing at the keys and playing down, it wouldn't have worked. No. It had to be multiple cameras. It had to be um, kind of like instruments plugged in properly, nice lighting, good sound. It had to be done properly because it, we had to get that first class feel that we've got here to work over Zoom. But yeah, Zoom Zoom was the one really. And uh, but it's mad how no one had heard of them before this, isn't it? I know. But so did you... Or have you had people back into the studios? Have you been able to do that, like, socially distanced and all that? Yeah, from the 1st of June, we had um, half back. And then we had another quarter back in July. Mm -hmm. And then by the time... Then we always have August off. And then by the time we came back in September, I wouldn't say it was back to normal because it's, like, completely different now. It's all yeah. infrared thermometers and uh, masks and, and, and goodness knows what else. But... Um, yeah, people have come back. We actually picked up business because I think where a lot of people, a lot of kids couldn't do their group activities, their dance, their kind of like athletic swimming and things like that. So we actually had, because it's a one-to-one -one service, we actually had people kind of like taking it up who hadn't done it before as well. So that was it. 
That's good. And how's how have you found lockdown and COVID? Terrible. Uh, well, do you know, not terrible. There's a lot to be thankful for, but I've really struggled mentally and uh, emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm a socialite, basically, and uh, I do, you know, not going, I wouldn't say not going to the pub, but it makes me sound like an alcoholic, but I go out for tea a lot. Uh, you know, we tend, I work hard in the week and we tend to, to eat out quite a bit and mm -hmm. that wasn't possible. It's not all about these now. The gyms, um, not playing football. Um, yeah. you basically, the feeling that you're um, living to work rather than working to live, I think, is, is what I've struggled with the most. Yeah, because like you said, you do a lot of things with other people. You're very sociable like me, and I think it's been difficult, hasn't it? Only been able exactly. to stay with... I mean, it's been nice to stay with our families, but it's been hard. 100% you've got to be thankful for that time haven't you because you wouldn't have had that time otherwise and especially I don't know uh, people like yourself were like kind of like well your listeners won't mind me saying your dad runs like a huge business as well and you know he's extremely busy isn't he and uh you kind of like you got time there as well didn't you that you wouldn't have had yeah yeah I think yeah, yeah, no, we have, we did. Um, he became a TikTok sensation. <laughs> yeah, I've seen. Uh, well, <laughs> um, but yeah, I got into watching, and I feel like I say this in every podcast episode, but I got really into watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in lockdown. Oh, really? Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. I just, yeah. And I'd love to go to California, LA, that whole area. And I'd love to visit. And I feel like not just not for the celebrities, just just to witness and see what their lifestyles like. Like you I would so call that up, wouldn't you? Pardon? You would so call that up. I can see you. I can see you on Rodeo Drive. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Imagine your Instagram would be lit. Wow. Which means good. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm too old. I don't know what that means. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I'd go, I'd go there, and then, well, I'd go to, I've always wanted to go to New York. Have you been there? New York, concrete jungle, where dreams are made of. Yeah, that's the place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been to New York. Yeah, I'd want to go there, and then with a Do you know what, I tell a lie. I don't think I have been to New York. I've been to, oh. hang on. Um, what did you do for, like, homeschooling then? Were you a, were you a homeschooling teacher? I was a terrible homeschool teacher because it was really tough to go come out all day and, and or evening and do what I do teaching. I didn't want to come home and, and teach. I know they're my kids, but it was hard. And my wife worked full time as well and didn't stop. There was no furlough. Well, there was furlough, but not for her. But it was kind of like, it was business as, as usual. And uh, you mentioned TikTok and things like that. I mean, there was, I think people were more on social media than like kind of like ever before. Yeah. But there was just like this real, for me, I don't, I don't I just struggle with it because it was kind of like, if I can't socialise in person, it, I don't know, I get less social online. And then because I was online all day, I mean, I, I teach 60 hours a week uh, on large and part. Yeah, and that, to be online, it was just, yeah, it was depressing me. So, yeah. how depressing. Hopefully, hopefully. This isn't a vibe, is it, for your podcast? No, but hopefully, like, <laughs> we're recording this in tier four. Hopefully, we'll all be jabbed. It'll be all sorted soon. Do you reckon? What if I was a massive anti-vaxxer right now? 
but you don't talk about such pressing <laughs> issues as the vax on the on the podcast, do you? I feel like if you're an anti-vaxer, you wouldn't be because you want to go to the pub so much and like. Go out <laughs> so I feel like you'd be, as I quote, get jabbed and then just go to California. That's it. I think. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think the vaccine will be attached to travel. And I think even if I was an anti-vaxxer, I'd therefore be a massive hypocrite because I'd just get jabbed up straight away. Yeah. Were you meant to go mm. away this summer? Twice. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> going to be a... Uh, well, we moved and we'd move. Oh, we're just taking massive risks. It was just like, we were supposed to be going in October. Because um, we've not been to California in October and I'd, I'd like to do the kind of like the Halloween-y, the traditional American Halloween type of things. Yeah. Nothing to do with the occult or anything like that, just pumpkins. Um, it's just, it just generally like Halloween. Um, so I wanted to do that. And then instead of kind of like rebooking kind of for winter for somewhere that you were allowed to go to, I've booked California again for May. Yeah, that could happen. And summer. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen. Um yeah. Fingers. I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah. I'm crossing my fingers. Do and you um enters? <laughs> um. Yeah, but you really like California. You you always you said you do. Do you go every year or is it every other year? It's been a large in part every year. Yeah, for in, in recent years and uh, every year when I was younger as well. So where's your uh, favorite place in California? We go to a little spot. Um, we stay in a little spot called Seal Beach, which is in Southern California, just close to in between Long Beach and Huntington Beach. That's where it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So about two hours north of San Diego, and six hours south of San Francisco. Is that near Beverly Hills? Yeah, an hour from Beverly Hills, or if you're driving in the traffic, uh, about seven hours. Um, <laughs> the traffic's just ridiculous in LA. It's bad, bad problems LA at the moment. I was watching some videos online this week actually about the uh, the poverty and stuff and yeah. what Gavin Newsom is or isn't doing about it. You've seen all that Skid Row no, stuff. No, it's what everyone's talking about. Everyone's leaving. I'm struggling. I'm struggling to remember this. I've I've been to the other side. Is it the Hudson River? I don't know. I've um, looked upon New York and the statue and everything yeah. from the other side of the river. Yeah. From the other side of the bridge. I don't think... I, I don't, don't have a memory of being in the city, but I might be I wrong. watch a lot of um, Aerial America on the Smithsonian Channel with Phil at the weekends. And what it, on earth is that? It's Oh, you're missing out. It's like aerial drone shots of all these like states and then the history of Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Um, so there's a link... Oh, we'll do, we'll do. Um, but yeah, is have you been to Hollywood then? Uh, yeah. Is there a Hall of Fame star in your name? Uh, in my name, no, there isn't. There That's isn't. The There's a star for pretty much everyone though, and it go it goes on. The stars go on for quite a bit. Um, I'll be honest. In the my 2018 trip was last time I went uh, mm -hmm. over that way, um, and. Um, I was disappointed with the. That was the first time I've been to the Walk of Fame, and yeah. I was uh, disappointed. It's a bit. I don't know. It's a bit pov. Um, Is it quite it's a bit tacky? Kind of, very tacky. I was going to say very Blackpool, but then I realised this is a Lancashire blog. You can't say things like that. Um, yeah, it's a bit tacky. Plastic. I can. It'll come after me. Uh, it's a plastic. Um, yeah, plastic. Fantastic type of vibe there, but. Yeah. Good to see once, but nah. Yeah. 
I feel like the Hollywood Hills sign, I'd like a picture opposite. Yeah. All that and that's touristy a stuff. totally different thing. That's like a more rural thing that you would do. You go, you know, you go up and you go in Griffith Park, Griffith Observatory, go up to the top, mm -hmm. bit of a hike. Watch out for the snakes. Everyone who hikes over there talks about the snakes, don't they? I don't know, I've never been. Because you can't get close to the sign, you see. That's, no, you that's... can't. Or if you no. do, like, you, like, get arrested, don't you, or something. You do, a bit. Sorry, yeah, but you've it. got... <laughs> You've got a tattoo of Seal Beach, haven't you? Like the Seal Beach sign. Uh, yeah, it's here. Well, it's um, it was a tattoo that says Seal Beach that is done by a tattoo artist in Seal Beach. Oh. And now, yeah, yeah, a guy called Ben Fitzgerald. And now he's the new owner of uh, Rick Walters' world famous tattoo in Sunset Beach, which is oh. the, the next beach along. Um, so yeah, as soon as I go back, I'm going to go back and see him and get another, get another. What do you call it? Um, Tattoo. Souvenir tat. Souvenir tattoo. How yeah. many tattoos have you got? Because you're well into them. Countless. <laughs> Too many to count now. Which Too many. one? You stop. Uh, the last one was... Um, oh, the last one. I went uh, and I had uh, some geometric filling in, which is kind of like a pattern. Like mm -hmm. uh, cool. that type oh, of like perfectly formed like pattern oh, that goes yeah. Yeah, inside oh, cool. each. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I had the side, well, I had the day before that, I had the side of my next one. That was the week before Christmas. Had like, uh, That's a nice had flower. Like flowers. flowers. I've had flowers put in. So what? Flower, flower power. What's your favourite? Oh, that's too tough, isn't it? I don't know. Is it your ring one? Or your yeah, it's my uh, it's my wedding ring. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't have to wear a ring, which is good because I got really fat and I couldn't fit my ring anymore. And then I got a big ring for a fat man, and then I got it tattoos, and then I lost weight again. And I thought I could put my ring back on, but I thought no, because I've got it now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. What's the one that you regret most, or you don't like? The one that I regret most. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of my first ones because it looks a little bit like a moustache on my arm here. It's like, it's got two, oh, yeah. two, two kind of like... Oh, that one says mom. That's it nice. Says, yeah, it says mom. Mom for being American. Oh, we love yeah. her. Yeah. What a legend. Right. <laughs> so other than uh, tattoos in California, you're also big into your trainers. Why don't you tell us about your collection? Oh, not as much as, not as, much as I used to be. No. Um, the collection's gone down. I did pick up a couple of nice, nice pairs over Christmas. Yeah. Um, but no, as I, at one time I had two hundred pairs. Now I've got ninety-ish. So yeah, but how did you used to like order them? You had like yeah, a in perspex boxes or like kind of like drop top, drop front boxes, and um, they were all kind of like you know they had little dots on for whether they've been worn and how many times they've been worn and stuff like that, but. Um, yeah, I sold quite a few. I sold quite a lot of them because I thought I'm going to live a less materialistic life. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so I sold quite a few, but I haven't kind of, I don't care about them as much. That's the best way to say it. I have kind of like precious pairs, but I don't have like this weird fetishy trainer, fetishy obsession anymore. Yeah, I don't. I only wear trainers for for running. I literally, I'm a Yeah, big... that's not, that's called normal behavior. Yeah, yeah, but you're. Were you like... gonna say you're a big boot fan? Yeah, I love a boot. I have That's a. So Lancashire, aren't you? Some like little Chelsea boots, some Ugg boots. I don't Chelsea have any knee-high boots. 
Every, everyone assumes that you horse ride when they say you've got Chelsea boots on, don't they? I don't horse ride, but um, no, I don't know. Wellies, they're not Wellington boots. There you go. <laughs> Wellington <laughs> boots. Although they, my feet grew. They're called gum pretty... boots, don't they? Do they? Your Where? feet grew. Yeah, my feet have grown like width or length. <laughs> length. Really? Yeah, they've grown like. I mean, obviously, I've not had my shoe, my feet measured for ages, but I um, tried some of my shoes on and they're not fitting. My wellies being one of them. And uh, for a Lancashire lass, I need my wellies, so... Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Do you have any wellies? Um, I have one pair that I got forced into buying this summer um, because I went camping for the kind of... Not the first time, but... Are you a camper? The worst. No. No, I don't, don't strike me, you are. No, I cried in bed. My wife will say I cried in bed every night and asked if we could go home every night. That would be, that would was, be me. It was rough. We were with, we were with our best mates... Yeah. Uh, so that made it okay, but literally no amount of uh, rum in the world was enough to no. to take to take the pain away. No, me and Mum went camping one time and it didn't enjoy it. No, it's the not... whole sleeping on the floor thing and being cold and yeah, I was so cold and it was August bank holiday and I was freezing. It rained the whole time. And, uh, <laughs> Where did you camp? The, uh, in Pula Bridge. And then you have to make your own food, like, well, obviously make your own food, but you have yeah, to... Yeah, I was okay with that. I was okay. And I liked, I got really involved with all that and kind of got the big cool box and filled it with beer and that was great. And then the, the sun went in and then the rain came, when the rain came down, it meant that the car couldn't get off the field. So I couldn't have escaped even if I wanted to. We were literally rained in. Oh. It was, it was hard work. Yeah, it does not sound fun, but well, at least you got some wellies. But yeah, I now fit in all my wellies, I said, not. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah. That's I my kind of joke. Well, I could beat you to it, beat you to it. But yeah. So have you been able to see people? You yeah, I've um, I, I, I've been able to see, see. Every time that it's been slightly lifted mm. or I've not like gone like to kind of like Leicester Square and jumped on piggyback someone, but I have, I, I've been, I've been out and. I just need to, you know. Yeah, no, hundred percent. What's that so. thing behind you? I'm just looking. You've got like this. A, looks like it's like a dentist tool. Right. This is incredible. Wait, wait till you see this. Just okay. a minute. Okay. I'm like proper excited. What's gonna happen? It's gonna blow your mind. This. Right, I'm ready. You ready? So yeah. this is made by a company called DJI. I can't believe if you're into TikTok, you haven't got one of these. Um, I mean, I'm DJ... not into TikTok. I'm, you're I, so into TikTok. I'm not. I do a few dances, but I'm not into TikTok. You've really embraced that TikTok culture. <laughs> uh, D basically, in the summer, um, when I was bored, I needed a new toy, and I bought a drone. Um, you know, a DJI drone. Mm -hmm. And they make these. These are called DJ Osmos, and it's basically it's a gimbal. Oh, oh. Yeah, but um, it's all automatic. So I'll show you kind of like what it can do. So when you turn it on, it jumps to shape like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll put it in landscape. So if I just do this, right? That it thinks that's straight. Now it isn't, but that's it's been on a tripod. You have to like calibrate it. So I'll do this. And it'll go landscape like oh, that now. Cool. Find the DJI app. 
and it's just loading up, it's just loading. <laughs> right, and this, the, oh, no, it's doing something. Don't know what that is. Okay. Um, how to do this? Here to connect. That's what I want. Connect. connect. Right, so it's connected. So you can see it's got the image of the room on. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, if I turn it back round on myself like this, just a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, we're there now. Can you see, yeah? Yeah. But if I, like, draw around my face, it'll follow my face. So oh. when you, like, yeah, isn't that clever? So I wish this And, like, if I'm playing the piano, I can, like, um, draw it around my hand and it'll follow my hands if I'm doing a demonstration for somebody. Uh, well clever. Well clever. That is cool. You don't, you don't want me to play a tune. What about like a um, a happy birthday? Why don't you do that? Whose birthday is it? Um, it's not even anyone's birthday. You're trying mm, to get a happy birthday out of me. That's a shame. I noticed already actually musically speaking you've already got like a little bit of a jingle going haven't you yeah it's well, like hi I'm Lucy today I'm talking to her and then it goes <laughs> and I'm like oh yeah so how's this going let's move on to the next issue <laughs> it sounds like one of these videos you have to watch to stop you being like a sex pest at work or like corporate training video doesn't it it's like <laughs> did you ever watch did you ever watch the office with ricky gervais no but phil has oh you would have loved this it's like oh excuse me i'll hang up i'll be just with you in just a moment can't you see i'm on the phone then it goes do 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 you know and it's a bit yeah. of music in between each bit well That'd be cool well that was the thing i mean my jingle I'm free for you to update it. For if you, you know, well, you could. If I'd known, I'd have done it all the way through today. So, Adam, how did you cope with COVID? Is that, that would have been quite funny. Or what's been the best successes of the business? Now, while I was talking about it, with well, the business has been going from strength to strength over the last couple of years, and it's been. It could have been something like that, couldn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Post production will give it some vibe post-production and then what we didn't see in March was coming over the hill was Covid and everyone was like I think this is really bad disease do you know what I mean yeah yeah that'd be yeah. funny that'd be really that'd funny be so to conclude why don't you give us a nice little ending a nice little outro if people want to learn how to play musical instruments that you teach in Bursco. How do they do that, Adam? If you're interested in learning piano, voice, guitar, bass guitar, music theory, singing, drums, violin, cello, uh, then you need to ring us and say cello on 01704-895-418. That's 01704-895-418. But most likely you'll pick us up on our website, which is acsme.co.uk. If you're my mate Gav or you're in anyone else who's in the police, you probably know that as Alpha Charlie Sierra Michael Echo.co.uk. Amazing. Adam Christopher, it's been Thank so you. nice. Thank you. Available on all social networks, Lucy.
I will not forget that. Thanks <laughs> so much. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. To keep up to date with all things from a Lancashire Lass, follow on Facebook and Instagram at from a Lancashire Lass.